It's time now for Super Psychologist, Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years. Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years this evening and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. Central Time and at 6 p.m. Eastern Time right here on blogtalkradio.com and on drmaracarpell.com. And today is Sunday, November 24th, and we are back live broadcasting from Austin, Texas. And Art Mendoza of Accomplice Entertainment, producer of this program, is here with us as usual to make the show run very smoothly. And in a little while after the break, we'll be joined on the phone once again by speaker, counselor, suicide prevention specialist, and author of Make It to Midnight, Learning to Live When You Want to Die, Jim Denning. Jim returns to discuss preventing suicide during the holiday season. And then later in the program, just in time for Thanksgiving, I'll be discussing one of the pillars of living the passionate life, gratitude. Why we should practice gratitude and how to cultivate gratitude. And throughout this evening's program, we will have time to take your questions. So if you have any questions or comments for me or for my guest, please feel free to give a call. The toll-free number is 855-345-4720. That's 855-345-4720. Or you can email your questions to me, and I will read them on the air. And my email address is Dr. Mara, that's D-R-M-A-R-A at drmarakarpel.com, D-R-M-A-R-A-K-A-R-P-E-L. And if you do have a question for my guest, but please be sure to call or email while he's still here with us so that he can answer your questions right here this evening. If not, then you can email me and I'll get the question to him via email. And you can hear this evening's program again by going to my website and the link to the podcast along with all of the information regarding contact information and website links and things of that nature will be posted later tonight along with all um, along with the podcast. <laughs> And you can hear the podcast as soon as five minutes after the show ends by going directly to Blog Talk Radio. That's B-L-O-G talkradio.com slash your golden years. And for information from previous programs to listen to previous programs um, since the time we started here in Blog Talk Radio, which was six years ago, um, also, to read my uh, blogs in Huffington Post and Thrive Global, and to watch videos and find out about my book and lots of other stuff, you can go to my website, drmaracarpel.com. And again, that's D R M A R A K A R P E L dot com. And you can also hear all of the shows since we've been on Blog Talk Radio if you want to go directly to blogtalkradio.com. Um, slash your golden years. And if you want information about upcoming programs, 
um, upcoming events, to read my blogs as soon as they post. And also, I have a new series now of um, little excerpts from my book that are out every day, Monday through Friday, on my Facebook page. So you can get all of that by going to Dr. Mara Carpell, Your Golden Years. And if this is the first time that you're tuning in, I'm a licensed psychologist from New York City practicing here in Austin, Texas, and sometimes occasionally in the Rio Grande Valley of Texas. And I work with adults of all ages and have a specialty of working with seniors and caregivers. And for the past few years, have also been evaluating, veter- evaluating veterans for PTSD and other service-connected mental health issues. If you want to contact me, if you have a question or you have some information that you think I should know about, you can feel free to give me a call. And my phone number is 512-626-6973. Or you can send me an email to drmara at drmaracarpel.com. Or you can go right through my website and just click on contact. This evening's program is produced by Accomplice Entertainment, Postal Productions, and Psyched Up Productions, and sponsored by Dr. Ronald DeVere, neurologist, memory specialist, and author of the book, Memory Loss, Everything You Want to Know But Forget to Ask. To make an appointment with Dr. DeVere at his memory clinic in Lakeway, Texas, or to purchase a copy of his book, you can call him at 512 261 7909, or you can send him an email to rdevere, that's R-D-E-V-E-R-E, at austin.rr.com. And his book is also available on Amazon. And this evening's program is also sponsored by Storyhouse. Storyhouse gathers your stories and turns them into multimedia collections that can be shared now and for generations to come. Have Storyhouse over to conduct a private interview in your home or invite them to your next big event or family reunion. Storyhouse, where your memories live. Find out more at yourstoryhouse.com or call 512-296-8752. Okay, we're going to take a brief break. Don't go anywhere because it's going to be a very brief break and when we come back we'll be joined right here on the phone once again by speaker counselor suicide prevention specialist and author of make it to midnight learning to live when you want to die jim denning so don't go anywhere we'll be right back super psychologist dr mara carpell will be back after words from our sponsors Are you or a loved one a Medicare beneficiary? Help save you and Medicare money by stopping Medicare fraud. Fraud happens when Medicare is billed for services or supplies you never receive. There are three easy things you can do to fight fraud. Review your Medicare claims for accuracy, protect your personal information, and be on the lookout for suspicious activity. For more information or to report fraud, call Medicare at 1-800-MEDICARE or your local SHIP counselor at the Area Agency on Aging at 1-800-252-9240. Dr. Mara's book, The Passionate Life, Creating Vitality and Joy at Any Age, is now available on Kindle. 
and in paperback at Amazon. Don't forget to listen to Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years live from Austin, Texas, every Sunday on blogtalkradio.com. All right, and we are back. If you're just joining us, this is Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years right here on blogtalkradio.com and on drmaracarpell.com. And now joining us on the phone, once again, from San Antonio, Texas, we have um, speaker, counselor, suicide prevention specialist, and author of the book, Make It to Midnight, Learning to Live When You Want to Die, Jim Denning. And Jim is here to help us to bring in a more peaceful holiday season and to help prevent suicide during this time. Welcome, Jim. Hey, can you hear me? I can hear you fine. Good, good. I I live in the flight path of the San Antonio airport, so you may be hearing jets fly over. I apologize for that. So, but anyway, how are you doing? I'm doing fine. How are you? Good, good. So, yeah, it is. Uh, go ahead. I mean, I'm sorry. No, I'm. I was going to say it's great to have you back. <laughs> Thanks. No, it. Um, I'm a licensed counselor here in San Antonio. I wrote the book. Um, it gets midnight. Learning to live when you want to die, and it's. Um, it is that time of year where, uh, I guess the best way to you know people start evaluating things. I I'm not a big fan of the word should. I should have this. I should feel this. I should do this, and. Um, the holidays is when people feel they should do a thing or they should feel a certain way or they should act a certain way. And if things kind of haven't played out in their life the way they want to, they start to feel it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I, my, I've, uh, noticed, I've noticed that, that that really, you know, we tend to think that that is just for people who celebrate a particular holiday like Christmas. But I I think that kind of my observation is that really fits for you know across the board even if you don't you're not Christian and not celebrating Christmas or you know or Jewish and not celebrating Hanukkah it seems that that sort of is the message that we get this time of year right well I th- yeah you see it um you know I'm, I'm sure social media has exacerbated it a lot that you know everybody's posting what they're doing, what they're, you know, who they're with, where they're with. And uh, um, there's a word, I, I'm going to butcher it. It's a German word that I, I wrote about in my book called Porschlich panic, which is translated gate closing panic. Um, as we get mm. older, as we age, where the opportunities um, that, you know, the, the opportunities to change things diminish. And that's where a lot of people kind of get stuck in, the well, you know, I've made mistakes. I can't rectify those mistakes, and there's really no point in trying to or trying to continue. And that's really where kind of I come in is where people come to me when they I'm, I'm the bridge between inpatient care a lot of times between inpatient care and somebody who's just struggling to answer the question, why should I keep going? Uh, I can't mm-hmm. change a whole lot right now, and. Uh, you know, and it really does. It it sounds cliche, and I, 
you know, all the scientific evidence backs it, but it sounds cliche to do one day at a time. That's kind of the whole point of my book is make it to midnight is right. enjoy today, love today. If it's not happening today, I don't worry about it. And if it doesn't have a heartbeat, I can get another one. And so right. if you, if you, and again, I don't want to get too deep in the neurology unless you want to, I'll go there all day long, but our emotional brain, our limbic brain has no concept of time. So if we just enjoy today as much as we can, then our brain actually learns that life is good. The world is a nice place. There are nice people out there. And occasionally we're going to have the bad day, but the bad mm-hmm. day will be the exception. But if we judge our life by what we did 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago or what opportunities we didn't take or what, you know, what opportunities we didn't avail or, you know, the, the road less traveled, we are going to have that depression. And so the entirety of my ministry, my counseling, my all of it, I, I think Lao Tzu said it the best. He said, if you have anxiety, you're living in the future. If you have depression, you're living in the past. But if you were mm-hmm. at peace, you were living in the present. And right. really, it's just it's setting the expectations to be like, how can I make today wonderful? And mm-hmm. that's the goal of it. Yeah. And I, I think that's, that's all year round. And, and you hit on something I think, you know, I spoke with last, I spoke about last week as well about social media, that we're always comparing ourselves to other people and feeling that well, why are they doing so much better than me? Um, when is, social media okay. really isn't an accurate gauge of how people are doing, mm. right? Because no, <laughs> I, you know what? I, I do a lot of talks around around Texas. Uh, if anybody needs me to come speak on suicide or, or suicide prevention or depression or anxiety or the brain, uh, mm-hmm. they can reach out to you and you can email me. But um, I, I call it the despair of compare, where and I <laughs> just. I know a lot uh-huh. of people. I have a lot of friends. I have a lot of, and I know which couples are happy and which couples are not. But if you look at social right. media, everybody's happy. Everybody's right. and, and I'm like, I'm trying not to throw anybody under any buses here. But you look at social media, and it's like I'll look at certain couples, and I'm like, I know y'all are not in a good place. But right. you know, pictures of dinner and pictures, and it really uh, it impacts people. You know, when I was growing up, um, it was the Brady Bunch the Huxtables or, you know, mm-hmm. family matters or, and we knew, I guess it was kind of an implicit knowledge that we knew it was fantasy. We knew it was make-believe. We knew it was a television show. And uh, it really, it does impact the young people a lot in that they see why is everybody happy but me? And right. they're not, you know, but the people who really just, again, back to it, is embrace today, embrace the now, embrace what you're doing today, this afternoon or this evening, that's really – and just, I guess, understanding that that emotional brain needs nurturing, needs caring. And the more you tell your emotional brain of opportunities you missed, things you did wrong, things that weren't – you know, um, the more that you're kind of abusing it, for lack of a better phrase. And so you know, I heard you talking about gratitude earlier, and it is – you know, gratitude and depression cannot occupy the same space. And mm-hmm. what I teach a lot of my clients mm-hmm. to do is compliment people. If you're having a bad day, 
and you see somebody who's got a nice outfit on. Say, wow, that's a really nice outfit. Um, I'm get biblical here, but you know, James chapter six talks about how the you know fresh water and salt water cannot come from the same spring. Evil and good cannot come from the same mouth. And so, if mm-hmm. you are talking, if you are speaking and living positively, but more importantly, speaking, even if you're not feeling it, speaking positivity in the world, it's impossible to feel the negativity and speak the positivity in the same moment. And I said, there's a lot of neurology right. that's all that, but that's uh-huh. that's the, the well, gratitude that's side of it and the happy side of it. Right. Right. And I'm glad that you mentioned the neurology because it's, this is not just, you know, fluff. It's actually based in science. Well, I mean, can I, <laughs> can I get science for a minute? I yes, because, uh, because I think a lot of people listen to this and say, oh, that's just, you know, feel, you know, feel good fluff. But okay, so I'm, 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 I'm going to remove yeah. the veneer of feel good fluff. So our brains have, and this is science that is just I mean, in the past probably 10 years with the advent of the functional MRI that we found out about, uh, there's three primary components to our brain that act on things. And basically the the 50,000-foot view is the emotional brain, the task brain, and the task brain is you're doing a thing right now, and then the kind of the default mode network brain, which is much more planning, questioning past decisions, looking at future decisions. Um, So – the part of the brain that is your internal voice, your overthinking, I shouldn't have done this, I shouldn't have done that, is, is a part of the brain called the ventral medial prefrontal cortex. The ventral medial prefrontal cortex and people who are highly intelligent and highly susceptible to depression is that part of the brain that overthinks because that part of the brain that overthinks is going to skew negatively because as we evolved as human beings, the people who skewed negatively were the ones that survived. If they thought, hey, there's danger out there. They're going to survive, and that helped us when we were living you know, in caves or in huts. But now in 2019, right. when we live in the real world, questioning those decisions and all of those things is not as beneficial. But what happens is that ventral medial prefrontal cortex starts talking to the emotional brain and telling it all the negative things it did, all the negative things that have ever happened, all the negative decisions that are going forward. And – our emotional brain, our limbic brain, doesn't understand time. So let's say that, you know, I find out that I'm going to lose my job in, you know, nine months, six months. I will be stressed about mm-hmm. that. My limbic emotional brain will think it's happening now. So what happens is with that ventral medial prefrontal cortex going back and forth overthinking, its counterpart in our brain is something called the dorsal medial prefrontal cortex. That is the task brain. That is I am doing a thing right now. That brain silences the ventral medial prefrontal cortex, so we work really hard to distract ourselves. If you've ever used the phrase, I'm distracting myself so I don't think about it, that's the dorsal lateral prefrontal cortex. And mm. that's where burnout mm-hmm. comes from because when we overthink and overgeneralize and over-anxiety ourselves, we make ourselves busy. While we're making ourselves busy, the dorsal lateral prefrontal cortex gets worn out, and then that uh-huh. That um, that kind of with the the mouth wheel, you know, the the wheel that the gerbils run on. That's what we get caught up in, and our brain never gets quiet. And so, what we what meditation does is it quiets both of those brains down. Meditation, mm-hmm. thinking positively, and really just again, the whole point of my book, Make It to Midnight, is 
look at the clock. Like right now in San Antonio, it is 5.20 p.m., which means I've got six hours and 40 minutes till midnight. I am going to enjoy the next six hours and 40 minutes as much as I can. I'm not going to worry about the clients I have tomorrow. I've got a big talk on December 3rd that I'm doing at a mega church. I'm not going to worry about that. I'm going to prepare for it, but I'm not going to give it my emotional energy. Now, that talk is at 6.30 on December 3rd. At 6.15 on December 3rd, I'm probably going to be pretty nervous, but I'm not going uh-huh. to feed that emotional energy between now and then. And so mm-hmm. on the neurological side, it really it is as simple as that. It's, it's essentially like if you want to lose 30, 40 pounds, it's not going to happen overnight. But if you build new habits and build new – really, habits is the best word you will get to where you want to be. And I went from taking, well, December 4th or December 3rd, 2014, sitting on the edge of my bed with a handgun, ready to end it, mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. medication-free. I'm the happiest person. I'm what I call is annoyingly happy because people get annoyed by how happy and at <laughs> peace I am. And it's, but I'm good with that. I'm my own billboard. I can't teach people how to be happy if I'm not. And I can't right. be an effective counselor if I can't say, Here's where I was. Here's where I am. And I can show you how to get there. And it is possible. That's, I, I think it's, it's like I walk around with the cure for a horrible disease, and all I want to do is scream out from the top of the mountaintops, I know how to get you out of this. And I really, like I said, I appreciate you providing me the mountaintop tonight. Yeah. No, this is really important. And, um, you know, and it's, and it's interesting that you say it's as simple as that, that you can just say to yourself, I'll think about that later. Um, but that's, I mean, that's also what you do in mindfulness meditation, right? So if you were to practice mindfulness meditation where you, you know, the thoughts come in and you say, okay, that's interesting. I'll think about it later. That's the way. Yeah, I mean, would that be a way of training yourself to be able to do that when you're stressing about something in the future? Oh yeah, exactly. Um, and, and what I do, what I practice, what I wrote about in my book, and I've actually I didn't know it at the time because I just stumbled onto it. Um, third person discussion. So again, I talked about the brain as being three components. You know, the limbic brain, the dorsal lateral prefrontal cortex, and the ventral medial prefrontal cortex. Um, my ventral medial prefrontal cortex, which is the overthinking part of the brain, is not a nice person. My, my internal yeah. voice is not, not cool, but I gave him a name. His name is Slick. Slick is the thing that whispers uh-huh. into my ear what a piece of garbage I am, how I screwed this stuff up. Slick and I have conversations because our brain is uh-huh. not one thing. And so uh, there's a guy who did a study, a guy named Ethan Cross. I believe Cross is with a K. Yes, Um, I read that study. Yeah, speaking third person to yourself. And Mm -hmm. if you think about it, like, so I am going to be much, say, Jim, you know, if I'm here talking first person, and if I, like, say that I say something that offends you, I'm going to walk away and go, oh, I'm such an idiot. I'm so stupid. I shouldn't have done that. But if I talk to myself in third person, I'm much nicer. So if I'm offended by another person, I won't be as hard on them as I am on me. And so I will say, Jim, that was a stupid thing to say. Jim, you shouldn't say that next time, but it's a discrete event. It's not the totality of me. It is just that event was a thing. And so, but yes, that Ethan Cross thing where you do third person, when I am depressed, I'm like, okay, or like to your point, the mindfulness meditation, if a thought pops into my head, that is distressing or concerning, 
I will say to myself, we're not going to do this right now. We will address that when it happens. And I mm-hmm. operate my brain as a committee, and I'm the manager. And uh, it just works really, really well. But mindfulness meditation is that, is, is basically the ventral medial prefrontal cortex and the dorsolateral prefrontal cortex operate opposite each other. So when one is operating, the other is not. So when you're not doing mm-hmm. the task, when you're not activating that dorsolateral uh, prefrontal cortex, your ventral medial starts waking up and saying, hey, have you thought about this? Have you thought about this? Have you thought about this? Mindfulness meditation is having them both quiet down so they can rest. Um, I practice a therapy now called a accelerated resolution therapy, which is a derivative of EMDR. And it uh-huh. allows people to process post-traumatic stress in, in an amazing way because it talks directly to the emotional brain. It talks to the images. And you will have people hmm. – the military is using it. I got hired by the uh, – uh, uh, what's the, the Lone Survivor Foundation. Uh, they've hired me to go to Houston and, and do it with some of the vets. Wow. Um, it is now, incredible what is it called? What, accelerated what is it called? Resolution Therapy, or ART, Accelerated Resolution Therapy. Okay. And in All a right. EMDR – but it's a guided EMDR. And so it's like mm-hmm. EMDR and CBT, cognitive behavioral, sandwiched together. Uh, but the, the results okay. are amazing. And we're getting, and wow. that's the thing, like, I guess if I could convey one thing to people, if anybody is depressed, if anybody has anxiety, if anybody has PTSD, we are finding amazing interventions that do not require medication. The things that we're uh-huh. finding about understanding how the brain works, we're able to target very specific things and do amazing things that don't require meditation, that don't require, you know, it, you don't have to relive events. It's just the stuff that's coming out now. So it's like, you know, if you're, if you're just barely hanging on, keep hanging on. The stuff is out there. Um, and, you know, yes. email you, email me constantly. <laughs> it's, it's yes, absolutely. Um, I'm glad to know about. I'm going to look up this this new treatment. I I often recommend EMDR for people, and I let them know this is something new. Um, some DAs are using meeting, it, but most are not. Hmm? Well, this one is again is targeted, so it's the the uh, the Veterans Administration are using this one because they're getting better results than they are prolonged exposure, because it's like a rapid uh, yeah. prolonged exposure. If that makes any sense, it's. It's, it's a, but the next annual meeting, I think, is going to be in Austin. But, yeah, just shoot me an email. I'll send you all the information on it. But I'm doing it in San sure. Antonio. And the clients that I have that are, I mean, especially um, sexual assault survivors are getting amazing mm-hmm. results. Because, again, if you go back to the paradigm of your thinking brain understands time, but your emotional brain does not. So to somebody who was sexually assaulted back in 1985, it's still real today. What ART right. allows is for that brain to realize, hey, that happened. It was very traumatic. Um, the tagline or the, the, the line for it is, you keep the knowledge, not the pain. You accept mm-hmm. it's like this happened, and it is a horrible, horrible thing, but I can move on from it now. And uh, right. it's just been, it's been, so you, you, it's just, it's amazing is the only way I can describe it. Um, yeah, but it does yeah. address that limbic brain directly. It, uh, it, well, EMDR kind of emulates REM sleep. So it's doing the, you know, the hippocampus, the hypothalamus, the thalamus, and the amygdala. 
uh, getting into the mm-hmm. hypothalamal adrenal pituitary axis, cutting off that loop of when you think of a thing, you're triggered before you can realize that happened 10 years ago, that happened 20 years ago. Right. And right. so that's what this addresses. Sorry, go off on a mm-hmm. tangent there. I'm just super excited. That's all I right. Spent, that's really interesting. You know, I spent 30 years on the, the psychotropic medication carousel. I have taken every medication that was made between 1985 and 2014. Um, I've detoxed off of all of the medications, the ADD meds, the benzodiazepines, the SSRIs, SNRIs, the uh, bipolar mm-hmm. medications. I've taken and detoxed off of all of them. Um, and I just, I want to create a world where we can get to the root of the problem where we can get to the part of the brain that has the stuck point and we can unstick people. And, um, mm-hmm. and I think we're just with the advent of modern technology, we're able to do it. And it's amazing. I mean, even simple things like, um, they're finding out that, or they found actually that, uh, emotional rejection pain is actually the same as physical pain. It's just in your head, literally in your head. And Tylenol makes it better. You know, if wow. you've got emotional rejection, yeah, there's an article on psychology today. If you search interior cingulate cortex and Tylenol, that article will pop up. Um, they did a study on social rejection and they did a, a double blind study with Tylenol because it's the same part of the brain that processes physical pain. And they're like, well, let's give people Tylenol and see what happens. They got better. You know, these are the things wow. we're learning. So I just, I want to instill on people. It's like, I spent 30 years on these different medications thinking there was no hope. I was told I was treatment resistant. I was told I should go on medication and yeah, medication and disability and just kind of ride off into the sunset for the next 40 years. Right. I just, just lived with it. Yeah. And it was, I, I heard the mm-hmm. word, this is your new normal more times than I can remember. And um, mm-hmm. it became a function of what worked for me. For me, it was a combination of diet, mindfulness, um, learning about the brain, understanding the sources, all of those things. I mean, we are all instruments in an orchestra. We are all different human beings. And so some people are timpani, some people are oboe, some people are cymbals. And, you know, we have to find where we fit in the world. Uh, for me, I was an IT engineer for large, large companies. Uh, you know, more than 50,000 users. It was an incredibly stressful uh-huh. job. I realized I had the intellectual capacity to do that job. I did not have the emotional capacity to do that job. I did not have the emotional capacity for the stress of if I broke something, 50,000 people wouldn't work the next day. Right. And <laughs> I had to walk We don't away think about that. that. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, every company I worked for, I had more power than the CEO. Um, uh-huh. And it was more more stress than I and my friends. It was it was a hard pill to swallow because my friends who were still in that industry, you know, I was one of the top guys. They're like, man, why aren't you in this anymore? It's like, I can't deal with the stress. Oh man, no, you just do this, you know. And they they diminish it, and mm-hmm. I just have to look and it's like, I can't do it. And then basically it comes, I don't want to do it. I am right. much happier and you looking have to... much less. Go ahead. No, go no go on. I just I I took probably a ninety percent pay cut to be a counselor initially. I'm happier now than I ever was. I mean, I had a huge house, mm-hmm. I had a nice car, I had all of the stuff. Ironically, I'm, I'm sure you heard about the Dallas tornadoes. Um, yeah. My big giant house that I had in Dallas got taken out by those tornadoes, so I was kind of wow. I, I don't want to say I don't want to say I was giggling about it, but you know, I left the 
3,500 square foot house in the middle of Dallas for a nice small condo here in San Antonio. I've never been happier. And uh, mm-hmm. it's just, you know, money does not equate happiness. You can walk away from things. Right. And that's, you know, I mean, that's the whole, uh, you know, idea of living a passionate life is, you know, doing what you really want to do. It's much more important than how much money you're going to make. It is. Um, I don't know. And that's why I loved your book so much because it, it, it is that. It is. It is the life that, you know, I don't want to be, you know, morbid or, or whatever, but, you know, I'm at the age where I am a phone call or a doctor's visit away from some really bad news. But that mm-hmm. didn't happen today. Today, that did not happen. It may not happen tomorrow. It may not happen for another 20, 30 years. But I'm going to enjoy today as much as I possibly can. And then if I, you know, God willing, had 85 years old, and I'm sitting on a front porch somewhere. I'm going to look back at today and be like, yeah, I did everything. I maximized that day. That was a good day. And uh, yeah. that's all I want. You know, I'm not going to care about what model BMW I have or had. You know, right. I'm going to care about how I spent that day, how I made the world a better place than I found it. Mm-hmm. So now let's let's talk specifically about the holidays because I think. You know, as I said earlier, I think this affects people no matter, you know, what religion you are. And it because there's so much hype about things are supposed to be a certain way this time of year. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you, you turn on the TV and, you know, everything is about that and, and movies. And, you know, this time of year they come out with holiday movies that always have a happy ending. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, I just had incredible and, flashbacks and, when you were saying that, yeah. Yeah, right. And, you know, and families are together or they, you know, they've had some trouble and they all come together in the end and everybody's together with their family for holidays. And what about, you know, how does this affect people who may, most people don't have that. They don't have the 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 kind of TV family um, that we see in the media. Um, and, you know, what if they people that don't have families around them or don't even celebrate holidays and feel kind of left out of the whole thing? Um, do you find that you have an upswing of people calling you for help that feel suicidal because of this? Yeah, it's um, unfortunately, yes. Uh, and it really it hits after the first of the year. I think it's everybody gets through the holidays, and then it's like when they kind of put their guard down, it creeps in. Um, mm. But it's still the same. So you know, be mindful of that. To use the word mindfulness, um, it is yeah the post holiday like you know during the holidays everybody's doing things, and then it gets quiet. You know, um, right? But yeah, it it is. Um, you know, the movies the. the jewelry commercials, um, all of those mm-hmm. things. Uh, yeah. I think it really, you know, with the, the older we get, back to that, that torchless panic, that gate-closing panic, it's, if that is the model of what a happy, successful life is, then the conclusion you would draw is, if I don't have that, I don't have a happy, successful life. And so and as people age and people get older, it's like the opportunities for that, they feel diminished. But it really 
it boils down to, again, I hate to be neurological and an emotional thing because I don't want to be too neurological, but surrounding yourself with the people and with the energy that you want. So if you don't have the family around, if you don't have the things, there are a lot of other people who don't either, and they can all get together. I have a wonderful group of people that is around my condo complex. Um, several people are coming over for Thanksgiving who don't have families, and they're mm-hmm. 65 to 75 uh, age group. You know, either kids aren't here or whatever. Um, but it's just you can spend those times enjoying it's the should part again. It's, you know, Thanksgiving Day and Christmas Day are no different than every other day except for the importance we attach to them or any other holidays you mentioned. But it's the, right. the energy around it. It's, it's just getting yourself in a place where there are happy people if you know you're susceptible to that. And I run a, a Facebook group, uh, Make It to Midnight group, or is what it's called, and then the Make It to Midnight book Facebook page. There's a lot of ladies on there, but primarily ladies who are older, you know, and they just talk to each other. And we have mm-hmm. meetings over the uh, Zoom, which is a video conferencing. And it's just reaching out to people and talking to people and having a good time. And really, you know, Dr. Seuss said, uh, I love Dr. Seuss, said, you know, don't cry because it ended, smile because it happened. All of those mm-hmm. memories, if there is any good Christmases in the past that you can pull back, I'm like, man, that was a good one. You know, those things like that. It's um, it's just a disappointment. And this time of year, it is all the commercials. It is all the Facebook and the, the social media stuff that brings it to mm-hmm. the forefront, things that we don't think about. And, uh, right. and the time off. You know, I think, again, back to that ventral medial prefrontal cortex, when we don't have anything to do, when we've got two weeks off at Christmas or whatever it happens to be, that's a lot of free time. We want to fill that time mm-hmm. constructively to keep our brains occupied, keep ourselves around people who are happy, go someplace where the kids are, go walk around the mall, go, you know, say hi to Santa, do something like that. Why not? You know, why Mm -hmm. not do the Mm -hmm. things that make you happy, whatever they are, you know, but there is, I don't want to say there's more of us than there are of them, but there are more people with um, things just didn't turn out like the Hallmark channel. Right. (laughs) <laughs> and, it, and it happened. <laughs> uh, you know, my first post-divorce Christmas was really rough, um, mm-hmm. but it was it was what it was. And you know, but the sun came up the next day, and I kept doing my thing. But yeah, I was like, okay, and it's okay to feel that way. It's just knowing that there are people out there that are going through the same stuff. Go where they are. Go catch a movie. Right. Go do something. Right. I like that surrounding yourself with people like-minded people or people who are going through some of the same things. I think that's really important to have that support and, you know, not feel like you're the only person in the world sitting alone while everybody is is, celebrating because that's just not true. (laughs) Well, validation is everything in emotions. Mm -hmm. Validation of, of a feeling. So if you're feeling a certain thing, if it's, you know, Christmas and I'm upset because there are certain people I'm not spending it with, and having somebody say, yeah, that sucks. I mean, <laughs> really, that's, you know, just, yes, that is rough. Having somebody validate your sadness gives you permission to feel it. And it's like, oh, okay, well, mm-hmm. you know, and there's other places, you know, I live in San Antonio where, you know, there's plenty of outdoor patios and things. Um, 
but yeah, it's it is surrounding yourself with people. Not a big pity party. You just be like, yeah, this is disappointing. It's not how I planned it out, but it is what it is. And right. go around people who have the energy, especially kids. You know, if you can get around, you know, kids at Christmas, just their energy in the room is infectious. How about you know? I I think one of the things that stresses people out is that they this time of year is that they feel like they they're supposed to be doing something that they don't really want to do. And so I, you know, I recommend to people just don't do it. <laughs> if it's not something you have do, to do, don't do it. Well, I follow the 51% rule. It's kind of a rule that I made up in that any mm-hmm. vote or any decision that I make regarding that kind of thing, I should do this. I should do this. I get 51% of the vote. And so uh-huh. I will I will have the negotiation with myself. You know, if my emotional brain, like, you know, I, it's going to be emotionally exhausting, I'm not feeling it, whatever, I will talk to that emotional part of my brain. I'm like, okay, why don't you want to go? I'll talk to Slick. I mean, Slick and I have a lot of conversations. Um, uh-huh. But say, for example, you know, I was supposed to go, I don't, you know, I'm trying to think of an example of someplace I don't want to go, but I don't want to do something. It'd be like, okay, it is okay to not want to go. It is okay not to go. Now, weigh the situation. You know what? If I don't go, I'm going to hear about it for the next year. It's probably better to go ahead and go, but it's your decision. So, the um, again, when we inject choice into a decision, whatever the choice is, our depression goes down. So hmm. it is anything about choice. If you inject a choice, if you give yourself a choice, um, let's just say that I've got a relative that I don't want to go to their house for whatever reason. They creep me out or whatever. If I sit back uh-huh. and talk to Slick, my emotional brain is like, all right, let's talk about this. Do we want to go? Once I've given myself the opportunity to have a choice, I become in control of the situation. I am not trapped. Trapped equals fight or flight. I don't have the anxiety. So it's like, all right, I am okay choosing to go or choosing not to go. Then I will weigh the options, and I get 51% of the vote. If so I'm like, hey, they'll be okay without me. They're not going to miss me that much. And if they text me and they're upset, mm-hmm. they'll get over it. But it's the more right. you can inject choice into something like that, and again, that's the anterior cingulate cortex again. It's just the part of the brain. Anytime we can avoid feeling trapped, so in your example, you know, if they have to do something they don't want to do, take the have to out of it. Make it, I don't mm-hmm. want to do this thing. Now, I'm going to decide whether I do or not. And if I decide, you know what, on the long run, I can put up with a couple hours of grief so I don't hear you know, a couple of months of, well, we had a great time without you. You know, great. You've made that decision, uh-huh. but it's got to be your decision. And so that's where I put the 51% in. And uh, it's a, yeah, I like that. Um, yeah. It's, I don't know if you've ever watched the TV show Game of Thrones or not, but there's a, a character in it called, okay. No, there's, but there's a character, I know it was a big a deal, but I didn't watch it. <laughs> I made the choice scene. not to watch yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you made the choice to, to go to work on Monday and be like, I didn't watch it. Um, right. But no, exactly. there's a character in it called the Hound, and the Hound is this giant knight who's got a scar on his face. And he's just got a bad disposition all the way around. Um, but I loved it. He's a great guy. <laughs> anyway, he's walking through a field, and this guy comes out, and he's like, what are you doing on my land? And the Hound looks at him, and he's like, if I'm standing on it, it's my land. And it was just uh-huh. that moment of, of just, I own it. I really, I own the four square feet I am standing on. 
I own the body I am in. I own the mind I am in. And if I don't want to do a thing, I'm not going to do the thing. But, mm-hmm. you know, we all have to weigh social consequences of that. But it's still, it's giving ourselves that permission to, yes, it is my choice. If I don't want to go to this person's house because they annoy me or they insult me or they whatever, I'm not going to go, and that's mm-hmm. okay. It's, it's just injecting the choice. It doesn't matter what the choice is, but if you choose to go, it's your choice. Anytime we inject something to the effect of you have to, you are trapped into this, our anxiety is going to shoot up because we don't like being trapped. Mm-hmm. And so if it's like, hey, mm-hmm. I'm choosing to go, I'm choosing. And most of the time, I choose to go. If there's something that I'm not super excited about, well, I'll choose to go anyway. And if I'm not having a good time, I can leave whenever I want because I own right. the four square feet that I take up occupying uh-huh. the planet. And so I don't, that one just, one scene just really jumped out at me. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that answered your mm-hmm. question at all. <laughs> yeah, no, I really it. like that because I think, I think a lot of people feel stressed out because of being pressured into doing things that they really don't want to do. And, yeah. uh, and, you know, they don't have to do it. And like you said, they, if you have the choice where you are weighing the consequences of it and you're, you're thinking of ways out that if you go and, and it's that bad, you can leave yeah. or you decide not to go at all. It is, That's all it within is, your choice. Right. And uh, I, yeah, I'm take, a big Take the way the, the – go on. It takes away the have to. It, um, yeah. It takes away the – you are not trapped in a situation. You And it's just – again, the, I, I wish everybody would, would read about the ventral medial prefrontal cortex and how it works. Or if you look up highly sensitive people in ventral medial prefrontal cortex, people who are highly sensitive generally have a more amplified ventral medial prefrontal cortex – we are more concerned with the feelings of others than the feelings of ourselves. We are more mm-hmm. concerned with how our actions will impact other people than how they will impact us. So we will self-sacrifice to the point where it is detrimental to our health. Mm-hmm. And so it's mm-hmm. just bringing that back a little bit. Like I probably, you know, if there's somewhere I don't want to go for that, I'll probably still go, but I will take a moment and tell myself, I will tell slick who doesn't want to go. Hey, we don't have to go to this thing, but here's why we should. Just like you're negotiating mm-hmm. with a 12-year-old. You know, I don't want to go to right. Angie's house. I know you don't want to go to Angie's house. It's boring, but tell you what, we'll go to this thing, and then we'll go swing by, you know, pick up an ice cream on the way home. Is that cool? Okay, that's fine. I have those conversations in my head. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. <laughs> it works beautifully because I go, and like, all right, this is going to suck, but we've already decided we're going to do this. And then do it, and half the time you end up having a good time anyway. But right. it's just – it's about taking that emotional part of the brain and giving it a voice in the situation. Mm-hmm. You know, and it um, – I don't know. It just – it completely saved my life, it, and it changed it mm-hmm. all the way around um, because I don't – I don't stress so much on what – I, I, I am concerned about how my actions impact others, but I'm not concerned to the point where I will harm myself. And that's what I did before. That's what I, right. um, you know, I gave until there was nothing left in that I can't give them. And now yeah. I give, I don't want to say what normal people do, but 
yeah, I've, I feel like I've struck a pretty good balance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that's a really good point. Um, yeah, so I, I know we're running out of time, but I want to make sure that people know how to get a hold of you if they're interested in and count you do counseling right yes yes so I'm uh, a, and you a also have counselor. these groups okay right i have the yeah the facebook group i have a facebook page where i just put things on there daily it is a uh, uh just facebook.com make it to midnight book uh somebody else had make it to midnight so i had to tag book on it um there's a facebook group that is confidential and it's just you know, you've got 150, 200 people in there, and if somebody's had a bad day, they post something. If somebody had a good day, they post something, and it's just a place where people can be – just not put their guard up. Um, I saw the movie The Joker recently, and there was, uh, he was writing on a piece of paper, and he said, the hardest part of living with mental illness is people expect you to live like you don't, and mm-hmm. – and that mm-hmm. was when I was dealing with depression and anxiety. It was the keeping the facade up. This is a place where people can go out there and say, I'm having a crap day. And 20 people will mm-hmm. reply, I'm sorry, you're having a crap day. What's going on? It's just, that's it. It's just the validation um, of that. Um, and I've got a, uh, the website is makeittomidnight.org. Um, my book uh-huh. is on Amazon and Barnes and Noble, Make It to Midnight, Learning to Live When You Want to Die. But um, email me at jim at makeittomidnight.org. Really, just anybody contact me for any – I just – I have a ton of information, and I can – it's like I've got the – not the cure, but at least a path to start with. But mm-hmm. if somebody's got depression and anxiety, and it's chronic, and they're told they're treatment-resistant, it's not, it's, it's not your fault. It's the treatment. But there is options out there. There are ways to be happy. And um, mm-hmm. it just doesn't have to be that way. So I just get really passionate. And you do, stuff. and you do counseling, so people can yes. contact you through that email as well for counseling. Right. Yes, I do counseling, and I do counseling uh, online. I do counseling, so it's uh, with a webcam. It's one of the op- I mean, one of the uh, benefits of having been a twenty-year IT engineer is that I can I can do the telehealth counseling. So I've got clients in Puerto Excellent. Rico. I've got clients all over the country. It's you know, I can reach out to anywhere. Uh, I also do, like Excellent. I said, the ART therapy. Um, if you're somewhat close to San Antonio, uh, or even if you're not, there's email me. I'll find you somebody who does it. ART, which is the accelerated resolution therapy, is just amazing. But it mm-hmm. does. It's just um, I can send. I'll send you all the information on it. Um, yeah, it is just, that's great. It is. It, yeah, it's just. There's no way to describe it other than just flat out amazing that it can just process those deep seated subconscious things and the imagery and the, the flashbacks and the, and the triggers are just, it's just incredible. Excellent. Yeah. I'd like to know more about that. That'd be great. Sure. Um, all right. So I'm going to post all of that and, and the links will be on my website post about the show. So people can actually just click on it on my web, on my website about, post about this show later so there's a lot of it you gave a lot of a lot of contact information so I want to make sure that (laughs) that it's all there and people can find it you know when they you know if they really need it because this is important Um, 
So thank you so much for coming back on the program. This was this no, was really great opportunity. Yeah, and I'd love to have you back again. So yeah. so let's talk about it. No, and, I, am, um, I am always available. Great. And have I've a wonderful a Thanksgiving. That, yeah, no, you too. You too very much. I appreciate yeah. the opportunity and yeah. I'll talk to you soon. Okay, great. All right. Bye-bye now. Take care. Bye. All right. So we're going to take a brief break. Um, Don't go anywhere. We have more to come. We'll be right back. Worried about memory loss? Dr. Ronald DeVere, certified neurologist and director of Alzheimer's disease and memory disorders in Lakeway, has been helping those with dementia and memory loss for over 12 years, specializing in the diagnosis, treatment, and counseling of those with memory loss and dementia. Dr. DeVere also has a book to reduce your worry and fear by knowing the fact. Memory loss, everything you want to know but forget to ask. Available now on Amazon.com. Dr. Ronald DeVere, Alzheimer's disease and memory disorders center in Lakeway, and his book, Memory Loss, everything you want to know but forget to ask. For more information or to schedule an appointment, call 512-261-7909. Dr. Mara's book, The Passionate Life, Creating Vitality and Joy at Any Age, is now available on Kindle and in paperback at Amazon. Don't forget to listen to Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years live from Austin, Texas, every Sunday on blogtalkradio.com. Please visit us on the web at www.drmaracarpell.com. All right, and we are back. If you're just joining us, this is Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years right here on blogtalkradio.com and on drmaracarpell.com. Um, so I want to talk about gratitude, and, and Jim was talking a bit about that, and um, it, you know, and he talked about some of the things that I was going to mention. Um, and so I'm going to, you know, um, highlight those things again, as well as talk about a few other um, issues related to gratitude. Uh, it's a good week to do that because Thanksgiving is coming up on Thursday, and isn't that about gratitude? Uh, so, you know, if you've been listening to this program or reading my blogs, then you know that I talk about the pillars of living a passionate life. And um, the five pillars now are um allowing yourself to dream uh feeling compassion following that up with generosity um and having gratitude and what is the fifth one <laughs> um well those are the main ones so the gratitude is such an important part of living a passionate life because when you don't have gratitude for what you already have, then you're always reaching for something more, always reaching and never satisfied. Because even if you achieve your goals, there are always going to be goals beyond them. And, um, if you don't feel gratitude, then when you achieve your goal, your the satisfaction will only be momentary because soon you'll be reaching again for something more. 
If you feel gratitude for what you already have and who you already are, knowing that you already have enough and you already are enough, then the journey becomes the the most important part of living a passionate life rather than just rather than achieving the goal. Um, because very often the journey takes much longer. You know, it can be a very long and winding road before you achieve your goals. And as I said, once you achieve your goal, then you're on to the next journey. So if you already feel like you have enough and you're not desperate, then you can actually enjoy the journey. You can enjoy the twists and turns and the people that you meet and the changes that you make in your goals and everything that you learn along your path, even the ups and the downs. So having an attitude of gratitude brings more joy and passion into your life. And as Jim was talking about in terms of the neurological effects, when you're feeling gratitude, it's not possible for you to feel um, depressed. It's not possible for you to feel disappointed and down and not enough when you're grateful for everything that you already have. So because they're two opposing feelings and two opposing thoughts, and Jim gave a very good description about how the brain works with all of that, but I'm going to just stick to the emotional part of it. Um, If you're feeling gratitude, you can't feel depressed at the same time. So it's very often um, a pretty quick cure to feeling down, waking up and feeling down. Um, You know, we all have those days where we wake up and we feel like, you know, what am I doing? Um, This is, it's just not working or the weather is not right. It's not the way that we would like it to be in order for us to achieve our goals that day. Maybe we were planning to get outside and do some outdoor activity and now it's raining or it's cold or it's snowing. Um, But when we take time to look at what we actually have, then that feeling of, of it not going well, of feeling down, of feeling like things just, we just keep hitting our head against the wall starts to go away because we realize that that's not realistic. That's actually um, irrational, illogical, distorted thinking. So, you know, if you look at your life, very often if you look at your life with a very clear lens rather than that part of yourself that is berating yourself or saying this isn't enough, berating life, then you're able to see that where you've already, how far you've already come in your life. Um, if you've been on the on a path towards your goal and you feel like you're just not getting to your goal, it might be time for you to look and say and look and ask yourself, how far have I already come towards my goal? What milestones have I already achieved on my path? You're, you're here 
at this moment, breathing the air. You're alive. You're able to listen to this show. There's a lot to be grateful for. Um, as the guest who was on last week um, spoke about, it's a miracle to be here, to be alive. Just that in itself is miraculous, to, to have been born on this earth. And no matter what condition, no matter if we have a disability of some sort, um, if we look in the mirror and we don't, we don't think that we're beautiful enough, no matter what, we're perfect because we were born. We were born on this earth. And that is a miracle when you look at all of the, um, what it takes to be born, to, be, to, to have come into this world. Um, there, was a, there were a lot of forces against it <laughs> right from the start. And you're here. So that just shows the strength of your, um, of your will. And so, you know, one of the the things that has come out in the research about gratitude, aside from how good it feels and how um, it helps you to live a passionate life and all of those things, there has been research that shows that having an attitude of gratitude is actually something that most of us are not born with, to have automatic gratitude about things that we actually have to work at cultivating it at at changing our mindset so that we ought, so that we start to automatically have gratitude um and perhaps that has to do with the culture that we're in um we're always turning on the tv where there are commercials telling us that we need to buy something to make our life better that without it our life is no good um, and as Jim was talking about um, social media, where we compare ourselves to other people all the time, um, we were just talking about television shows and movies where we compare ourselves. And and when we compare ourselves to these fictional characters in a movie or in a commercial, um, or even the fiction that people portray of themselves on social media, well, it's very hard to to um, to stand up to that, we're we're going to fall short of that because it's just not reality, and so we have developed this lack of gratitude and a feeling like we're not enough. So there was a research study by Dr. Robert Emmons, who's a professor of psychology and a researcher at University of California Davis, and he did extensive research in the area of, of gratitude um, and the effects of gratitude on our physical and our emotional well-being. And what he found was that it was really, really important to make it a practice every day to not just ask yourself what you feel grateful for, but to actually write it down so that, you know, either in a journal or on a, on a piece of paper, a list on a piece of paper, it doesn't matter. But that act of writing down what you feel grateful for every single day actually changes our brain and helps us to develop that attitude of gratitude. Um, I know Oprah 
uh, used to talk about it all the time on her show, how she kept a gratitude journal um, that she would write in before she went to bed at night. Um, some people talk about writing a gra- in a gratitude journal first thing in the morning. Um, it really doesn't matter what time of day you do it as long as you make it a regular practice that you write down what you feel grateful for. And when you start to notice that you're feeling kind of down, you can open up your gratitude journal or that could be a, that could be the signal for you to start writing down what you feel grateful for. Um, and you'll start to notice that your emotions start begin to change, that just Writing down what you feel grateful for will change how you feel. And they don't have to be big things. They can be big things, like I'm really grateful for, um, you know, the house I live in or the job that I have or the family that I have or my partner, my spouse, my children, my grandchildren. It could be big things like that. It could be small things like, I'm grateful that I woke up this morning and that I'm breathing, (laughs) Um, which is actually a big thing, but it's something that we often take for granted. Um, And it could be something like, I'm grateful for coffee. That's one of the things that's on my list. I'm grateful for coffee. I love my morning cup of coffee. I love my whole routine about my morning cup of coffee. It makes me feel good. And when I am grateful for that morning cup of coffee, then I enjoy it much more. So that's the other part of this is taking time to enjoy the moment. Just like Jim was talking about, that's similar to what um, Terry Hershey, who's been on this show a couple of times um, and wrote The Power of Pause. He just wrote a new book called This is the Life. And that's what he talks about. He has um, a book about creating your own sanctuary and taking taking your own Sabbath. He has a, a blog called Sabbath Moments. And what that's all about, it's all about the same thing, which is enjoying this moment and allowing yourself to really be in this moment and and not feel like you have to be somewhere else. So, you know, sitting in nature, sitting in your backyard, looking out the window at a tree, if you have a garden, going into your garden, looking at the flowers, um, those could be your sanctuaries. Sitting in a comfortable chair with a cup of coffee first thing in the morning can be your sanctuary and enjoying that moment and allowing yourself to be fully in that moment, being mindful. So practicing mindful meditation in that moment. So mindfulness meditation could be taking a sip of your coffee and enjoying the taste of it and just noticing the, the how it's hot and how the mug feels in your hands. Going into your garden and smelling a, a flower and just really being with it and really appreciating it. That brings gratitude. 
then you can be grateful for that moment. And I love that Jim was talking about practicing mindfulness meditation because just sitting every day for as long as you feel you can do it, 10 minutes or an hour, just being in this moment and every time another thought comes into your mind, telling yourself you think about it later and focusing on your breath and focusing on this moment is a way of practicing gratitude because you're grateful for this breath that you're taking. You're grateful for where you are at this moment. Another action that can help to um, cultivate gratitude is giving and being generous. When we are generous toward other people, when we, um, when we give of ourselves towards other people, it helps to highlight what we already have, right? If, we're not, if we are not able to be generous, you know, that, that might feel like we don't have enough. But when we're able to be generous, even generous with a smile, even generous with a conversation, um, going out of your way to let somebody know that you're listening to them shows us, ourselves, it gives us the message that we, you know, we have enough. We are able to do that. So making it a, a, a practice every day to do something generous and kind will help to increase our own generosity, our own gratitude, and that gratitude will help to increase our own joyfulness and passion for life. You know, don't wait for the perfect moment to enjoy the moment. We're all, we all have problems. We all have difficulties in every moment. That's what life is about. Our difficulties can be something that we could be grateful for because they let us know that we're alive. And the more difficulties you have, that means the more things that you're trying to do. There's a saying that, um, and I, I'm paraphrasing the saying, but when you feel the wind in your face and you feel the resistance, it's because you're moving forward. If you're sitting still, there's no resistance. So if you take action towards your dreams, you're going to run into troubles and problems and difficulties and resistance so that's something to be grateful for it means that you took action and if it didn't work in the direction that you're going then you you might have to tweak the direction that you're going take a look and figure out if maybe you need to change some things to make it work better but congratulations if you're hitting a wall it means that you took a step forward and that that's something to feel grateful for. Um, so I wanted to read just some quotes about gratitude before we go, because there are some, you know, well-known authors and um, health and wellness um, experts, and even the Buddha who wrote about, who said something of the Buddha didn't write, he spoke. Um, but all have said something really important about gratitude. Um, they all have felt that this was a very important part of 
emotional wellness and joyfulness in life. So the Buddha, I'll start with the Buddha. And the Buddha said, um, a person of integrity is grateful and thankful. So in other words, having gratitude brings integrity into your life. If you're if you have gratitude, you are more likely to be to have integrity in your life and to be someone of your word. That's what integrity is, that you do you do what you say you're gonna do and what your conscience tells you to do, what you know is the right thing. And having gratitude is part of that. Um the Buddhist psychologist who I quote very often here and I quoted him in my book Jack Cornfield um, spoke about Buddhism and gratitude and he said in certain temples that I've been to there's actually a prayer that you make asking for difficulties may I be given the appropriate difficulties so that my heart can truly open with compassion so when we have difficulties, there's re- there's a good reason for them. It helps to open us to have more compassion to other people. So we can be grateful for those difficulties. They help, you know, uh, uh, people who have been through the roughest of times, can, if they're able to um, integrate all of this and put it together, integrate everything that they've been through and turn it around into something positive, they end up being people who can be of the greatest help to other people. Just like Jim was talking about how he helps people who are suicidal because he himself was suicidal. So we can be grateful for our difficulties. Um, Brene Brown, who's a well-known writer and hell and, and, emotional wellness speaker and um, motivational coach, she wrote, I don't have to chase extraordinary moments to find happiness. It's right in front of me if I'm paying attention and practicing gratitude. Um, Eckhart Tolle, who is a very well-known speaker about being present in this moment, He wrote, it is through gratitude for the present moment that the spiritual dimension of life opens up. Wayne Dyer, who he was just an amazing um, speaker, author, psychologist. Um, I was so honored to have a chance to meet him before he passed. He said, give yourself a gift of five minutes of contemplation in awe of everything you see around you. Go outside and turn your attention to the many miracles around you. This five-minute-a-day regimen of appreciation and gratitude will help you focus your life in awe. So there's another practice. Just spend five minutes a day contemplating everything around you with the attitude of awe and gratitude. All of the amazing things that are in your life, no matter where you are in your life, you'll find amazing things if you have that 
desire to find them. And then Ellie Wiesel, who is a Holocaust survivor and a very well-known speaker and author, wrote, when a person doesn't have gratitude, something is missing in his or her humanity. A person can almost be defined by his or her attitude toward gratitude. So not only is it important to have gratitude, to live a passionate life, but when we are, when we lack gratitude, um, we know that. If you say that somebody is ungrateful, that kind of gives you a negative picture of where they are in their life. There's something missing. So having gratitude is is not only important for our own happiness, joyfulness, pa- um, passion, but it makes us a, a more um, a person with more integrity who can give more to this world. Someone who can contribute more to to the world around us and to the people around us. Having gratitude makes us more able to give and contribute. All right. So on that note, keep that in mind as we enter the week of Thanksgiving, but it's something to keep in mind always. This is a year-round thing. Um, As for news, I just want to fill you in on a couple of things before we go and and then I'll let you know what's coming up next week. So the news is that if you haven't been following me on Facebook, Dr. Mara Carpell, Your Golden Years, then you don't know this. Um, If you follow me on Facebook or Instagram, which is just simply my name, Mara Carpell, or even Twitter, which is M-A-R-A-E-K, um, every day, Monday through Friday, um, memes are posted, beautiful pictures <laughs> of all different scenes um, with little pieces, excerpts from my writing, mostly from my book. And um, just to give you something to think about. So I would suggest following me on social media on, on either Facebook, Dr. Mara Carpell, Your Golden Years, or, and or Instagram, Mara Carpell, or Twitter, M-A-R-A-E-K. And not only will you find out what's coming up, but every day you can get a little inspiration from these excerpts from my book with a beautiful picture that is related to the writing. Another uh, piece of news is that in January, I will be interviewed on Brian Benson's a new internet television show, and that'll be November, um, January 15th, sorry, January 15th at 1 p.m. Central Time, and that's 11 a.m. East um, Pacific Time, 12 p.m. Eastern Time. And I believe that'll be also recorded so that you can watch it anytime after. But as we get closer, I will let you know how you can watch it, and I'll be posting that as well on my Facebook page so that you can watch and listen. Um, It'll be an interview about living a passionate life. And there'll be some more interviews coming up in 2020 and um, some more big news coming up in 2020 and early in the year um, for events that you might want to attend or watch. 
So or listen to. So stay tuned for that, and I'll be talking about it right here on this program, and also we'll be posting about it on my social media. Okay, so on that note, um, I'm just going to let you know what's coming up next week, and then we can wrap up the show. So next Sunday, December 1st, we'll be back live, even though it's right after Thanksgiving. We're going to have another show on December 1st, and we'll be joined once again from Colorado by health and wellness coach, motivational speaker, and founder of Elaine's Transitional Coaching, Elaine Nolt. And this time, Elaine will be discussing coping with the stress of the holiday season and the temptations to eat stress-inducing foods, such as those that are high in sugar. So she'll give us some tips to kind of deal with all of that and and dealing with the busyness, the stress of being busy all the time and running around and eating a lot of food that we normally don't eat. And I'll also continue this discussion of living a passionate life and maintaining our center and more. We'll have some more. Just stay tuned and you'll find out what else is on the program. And if you want to hear tonight's program again and read the information from this show, get the links from the show, all of that contact information that Jim gave us, um, listen to previous programs, read my blog, find out about my book, go to my website, drmarakarpel.com, D-R-M-A-R-A-K-A-R-P-E-L.com. And again, Follow me on Facebook for those memes and for upcoming, for information about upcoming events and shows and blogs, Dr. Mara Carpell, Your Golden Years. And you can listen to this evening's program in as soon as five minutes from now by going directly to Blog Talk Radio, that's B-L-O-G, talkradio.com, slash Your Golden Years. This evening's program was produced by Accomplice Entertainment, Postal Productions, and Psyched Up Productions, and sponsored by neurologist and memory specialist, Dr. Ronald DeVere, and by Storyhouse. And special thanks to my guest, Jim Denning, and of course, thank you to Art, and thank you all for listening. Have a peaceful night, an inspiring week, a happy Thanksgiving, and remember, youth has no age. Good night, everyone.
Any guidance offered by Dr. Carpell is not intended to replace the advice of your own physician or mental health specialist. Neither Dr. Carpell, her sponsors, nor this station assumes responsibility for the misuse of any of the information given on this show. 